This is the ballad of Brienne this Monday. Oh my Monday. god, yes. <laughs> She's that crying is in Brienne's a warm song. Volcanic crying bathtub. in a bathtub. I think Brienne would like Britney Spears. Yeah, I yeah. think she would. She'd probably she'd be more like of a Spice Girl. podcast. Actually. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Spice Girls listen to this. Please, God, do not let me be the first Lannister to die in a bathtub. We only pray to the Lord of Light on this show, Eric. <laughs> oh, okay. Lord of Light. Lord of Light, give me wisdom because the night is dark and full of terrors. It is. We are uh, presented by winnerscoming.net, as most of you know who listen to this podcast. And today we're being presented by Phil's Presence, who has joined us yet again for a Monday episode. Yay. Yes. Mondays. They're awesome. <laughs> this is the first episode that we've watched that you haven't had ahead of time, right? Yeah. It was the first one I watched on, on a Sunday night at 9 o'clock with everyone else. It felt, uh, it felt poor good. you, Phil. No. It feels so bad. <laughs> Let me, no, like, the way we like have to way. watch it. Selena and I have the most buku jank like gangster method to watch it. I feel like we're dealing drugs when we watch it, and we had to deal with lags for the last ten minutes. Yes. And Phil comes in, he's like, oh, "I had to watch I had it, to on watch time. it on TV." <laughs> like, on TV, oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. Flag. HBO Go kind of takes their little time putting it up. You know, the first ten minutes or so, it wasn't even up. Um, we had it at five oh four, or excuse me, what the hell? We had it at eight oh four central, I think. Yeah, I had it at uh, like seven or eight past, but it was only showing up on my computer and not my phone. And then, then my computer cut out, and I had to pick it up on my phone. It was unbelievable. You had to watch our it on lives your phone. are hard. Don't you have HBO? Technology. Yeah, yeah. The, well, somebody else was on the TV, so I had to use HBO Go. But yeah, no, it worked. Does he not understand the importance <laughs> of what you do? <laughs> yeah, Seriously. right. You know, like, I'm. I have to I'm, podcast later. Come on, yeah. later. Okay, <laughs> well, it's, hold on. It's the same time slot as Mad Men. I feel like people oh. out there. Speaking have, of, I need to watch that. <laughs> I feel like the big wigs have planned this. Okay, it's 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 a battle. So, do you get the me. TV next week? Well, he's moving out, so I'm getting a well, new. That's ser- why <laughs> I'm getting a new service provider. I'm getting a new service provider and a new HBO Go login. Unless I can still use his, that'd be cool. You should just because he makes you watch it now. <laughs> you it's bastard! True. Eric's roommates don't know he's a nerd. They don't know he does anything. <laughs> Eric just like tie he ties a turtleneck sweater around his neck and walks out of the bedroom and he just hides all of his harry potter stuff he's an undercover nerd it's true you are undercover nerd that's that's cool that's a cool title that's gotta be like my autobiography will be called that (laughs) if it's not already taken i had other i had other titles for my autobiography at one point but well we can't wait to hear those Well, it's Monday. Uh, we all know what today is. If you've been following along with us, this is the fifth episode we're doing as a as a recap this season. We're halfway done. We're halfway through. Does this sound? I, I was I was worried about saying that too. Like, oh my god, season three is halfway over. But this episode had like almost too many scenes. It was like, oh my god, and they all kind of moved at the right pace. There was so much to this episode. I loved this episode. I think you know we were talking about this before we started recording. This is a Brian Cogman episode, and it's it was just it flowed really well like i've really enjoyed the season so far but watching this i mean this just you never got bored there wasn't a single scene that you didn't want to watch there's a lot of bathing <laughs> there was a lot of bathing that's there true were there were a lot that's of what butts. we were texting we were doing, yes we were doing a butt count <laughs> selena's gonna rank them later in the episode <laughs> look forward to that. that i think i know who wins this one <laughs> No, it was funny. Uh, all of it was good. We got to see the cave scene that all you book readers have been talking about, holding over our heads. Which one? There are two cave scenes. <sighs> Damn it. You see, everybody just has... 
You just take it from here. What was guys. the other cave <laughs> scene? What was the other cave scene besides you? You know the one, snow? the one with the ship. Oh wait, that was also both. Yes, lots of lots of little moments that fans have been waiting for. Mm, yes. Yeah. There was some fighting in the cave and some not fighting. Yep. Some love. You know, I'm surprised. I'm surprised the cave people weren't like peeping on them. Like they didn't have a, a scene where they walked in and they, like, what are you, what are you doing in our hot spring? And they'd be like, what are you doing? And they be like, we live here in the cave. We live here. We're the cave people. What are you doing? Gollum you know? Oh, in. those people. Yeah. We're busy. We're busy knowing nothing, John Snow. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it was good. I didn't expect to see that. I know I saw someone right on one of the comment threads. They were like, we're ready for Rose Leslie nudity. We are ready for it. And I'm thinking, <laughs> well, there you are. There's your episode. Yep. Well, you guys, I mean, for, for uh, Micah and, and Phil, because this is sort of one of the moments, I think, in the book that, I mean, it really turns John around, and I think it um, fans have been looking forward to it a lot. Do you think that the series did a good job leading up to it? Because I sort of felt, I mean, okay, it, you know, it's just a scene like any other scene. I'm not saying, oh, my gosh, let's put this on a pedestal more than certain other scenes coming in season three, but... I sort of felt like because it was placed so early in the episode, it was almost like they got it out of the way, which I wonder, I mean, I thought it was fine, but I wonder how some fans might feel about that. It was very quick. It, yeah, that's it, what I thought. The pace of the episode was very fast, I think, in general, and you were going from one scene to another very, very quickly, one storyline to another very quickly. There was no buildup to it, if that's what you're asking. I don't, mm. I don't think there was as much as there was in the book. They didn't really tease it much throughout the course of the season. Mm-hmm. It just kind of happened. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I feel like that a lot of like their flirting happened in season two. So I, I kind of wonder how much, you know, people even remember uh, of that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. And again, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's they, compared to some of the other stuff that happened in this episode. This was not anywhere close to the most important or even most noteworthy scene. But I just feel like they're such a big part of the fandom who are so into the John and Egret pairing, and I'd be really curious to see how they felt about the way that this was dealt with. Because I think sometimes we build it up in our heads a lot, like we have these big scenes that we know are coming, and it must be tough because, in a way, there's no way that the that the creators can can live up to everybody's expectations. Well, I I was definitely expecting an episode that was set mostly north of the wall. To be perfectly, I know these things are always like mixed bags with scenes, but considering what happened north of the wall last episode, I was really mm-hmm. expecting a, kind of a huge north of the wall episode. Instead, I, we got this, which really, you know, only a little bit north of the wall with Jon Snow, but he still had moments of character development. Obviously, that pairing happened, but he walked up to that guy who wargs and he's like, what happens to your eagle when I kill you? <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he's, he's getting in his face and he's trying to prove himself. And he tells that other guy, you know, he has to basically sell out his fellow crows but this i thought it was really important i thought it was handled well and for once i'm behind kit harrington on the show i'm like that guy you know is doing a good job it's because he got I'm laid <laughs> i don't like people that just get laid the onion knight hasn't been laid yet and it, i don't want to see the onion knight get laid given the pairing that he's got in this episode it all, it's all backstory you don't need to see that how about uh I don't know if, if you guys saw this watching on hbo go but they they threw back a little bit in the in the lead up to this episode, the last time on Game of Thrones, they actually showed Ned and Robert. Oh, did they? Oh, that's I missed nice. That. It's probably because there was so much talk. I mean, I'm thinking particularly in the steamy bath scene with Jamie <laughs> Brienne of there. I mean, obviously, he painted the context more of what actually happened in King's Landing the night that 
the Mad King fell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was brilliant. But the talk was more related uh, to Daenerys and how Robert was going to kill her. So I wondered if that was tying into the scene that we saw between Barristan and Jorah when they were kind of going back and forth with each other. Can I just say, by the way, when they cut from that, whenever Jamie finished his story and they cut, he was like, oh, yes, this was blah, 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 the rebellion. And then we see like the people riding and I'm like, is this a flashback? Is it <laughs> happening right now? But it wasn't. <laughs> I thought that too at a different moment when the little girl comes oh, to Oh no, I think that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. yeah. And it goes straight to them doing the guy yes. talk at first because it's like shot over the horizon. She's like, yes, this was when Aegon, Aegon used to run this, said Davos, mm-hmm. Aegon. And, and it's like, oh my gosh, like sweeping wide shot. I'm like, and they're doing yes. a flashback. You saw the dot, flashback. dot, dots. And you're like, it's story time. And, and I, then was I was like, like no, Wait, totally we know these people forget us. about it, you know. Yeah. And then Danny, Danny rides up with her little blue bonnet on, and I'm like, oh man, this isn't a flashback at all. <laughs> Not as exciting as you had hoped. But I, I really did like that scene between Jorah and and Barristan. I don't think because uh, it happens differently in the books, where where Barristan doesn't reveal himself until later, and I don't think that they have there's much like interaction there where they're able to like talk to each other, uh, knowing like who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so it was nice to have like a moment where Jorah and Barristan are like sharing like you know stories of of the past and and there there this was a lot of um there was a lot of like history I guess talked about in this episode it was very much backstory kind of given or expanded on in the show does uh does does Daenerys know about Jorah's past selling that slave yeah he told her he told her about what happened uh, in the first season. Yeah, I thought so. This is before she started freeing slaves, though. Yeah, yeah. no, I was just thinking, because it's, it's an interesting juxtaposition that in this episode where we're seeing her sort of deal with all these slaves she's just freed, Jorah's like, oh, by the way, everybody, I was a slave owner. <laughs> now, did he really yeah. do that? I mean, I guess this may be a silly question, but did he really do that, or was that just sort of a cover story to get him to be banished that he would then be a double agent? I'm oh, not no, he sure. really did that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, he he did that, and I think it was really great because in this episode, when he's having the conversation with Sir Barristan, obviously he seemed a little nervous, and, and in my mind, this was because Sir Barristan is a man with lots of respect. If they were back sort of in their home area, their home world, he would be almost sort of a celebrity, kind of, I mean, in the right circles, because he's, he's so well-known, and he's brave, and he's done all these things, and he's lived so long, and yada, yada, yada. So I was, I thought that was kind of cute, because I was like, oh, well, here we go, we're going to see some broship for him. <laughs> and then he's talking, and then he's talking about the slavery bit, and I think that was the first time we've actually seen in the show that Jorah showed any kind of remorse for what he had done. He seemed, in that moment, I mean, I don't know if it was good acting on his part in, in the show or if it was great acting in real life. I don't know how many layers it's supposed to have, but it seemed like he had really started feeling terrible about what he did selling people off. And I don't know if that's because of his time mm-hmm. with Danny, but it seemed real. Well, he didn't. I mean, in the books, he didn't sell him off because he was like, oh, yay, I'm going to sell slaves now. I mean, he did it to keep his wife basically he married this woman he really loved and it's the cliff's notes now and he didn't have any money and so to keep this wife happy he caught this person i don't remember what this person had done but he'd done something wrong and he decided to sell him to get some money to keep his wife happy so i mean it's not a totally good thing but at least it's kind of like in that scene with Janie jamie where like we peel back the layers no pun intended, of the Onion Knight, mm-hmm. um, of that wasn't him. But, you know, we peel back the layers and we learn that 
there's always reasons for people doing what they're doing that there's no there's no way to judge people just based on their actions alone in this series unless you're joffrey mm-hmm. or ned <laughs> i mean in a position where you can judge people for things they've mm-hmm. done and not who they well, are yeah i thought the key to that conversation between barristan and jorah came when jorah said oh so you don't sit on the small council yeah, because mm. that would have revealed some information about Jorah had Barristan sat on the small council. Hmm, that's true. Right. I thought that that was interesting. I see. I didn't know that perspective yet. And then he was like, basically, because Robert didn't really like me at first, and yeah. so it just kind of <laughs> stayed that way. Killed a bunch of his friends. You know, it's tough. <laughs> dozens. He said <laughs> dozens. That's a lot of friends to kill. <laughs> I know. Oh man. I mean, come honestly, on. I was always kind of surprised by the fact that they. They chose to keep Sir Barristan on. I guess you know when you've won a war, you have to, you have to make some of your enemies your friends. But at the same time, it's always tough with these people. Like both Jamie and Sir Barristan, like they just sort of flip on a dime. And Jamie's considered this great betrayer, and Barristan's considered this great man of honor. It's just interesting. Did any of you guys actually? I mean, uh, I'm speaking to the knowledge you had before you either read it in the book or, in Eric, in my case, saw it in the show. But did you? hold any ill will toward Jamie for betraying his oath and murdering the Mad King? Well, before uh, or after this point? Before. Um, yeah, I think that's a good question. That's a solid question. I I don't think Thanks. so. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. The reason because it's like because it's like clearly after this scene, you you care for Jamie a lot. He's just misunderstood. <laughs> but, hey, but still, no. right? I said no, no, sarcasm. no. The real the real injustice that he portrayed in this episode it's unmatched, and it was either done in one long take or or several shorter but still long takes. I thought he did a great job before this. Yeah, I thought he was just kind of an asshat who happened to be, <laughs> you know, enjoying like that's because all we have to go by. <laughs> Hold on, can we think of what an asshat would look like? <laughs> Like real quick, just we already have it. the ass. So the ass right. hat now is, imagine a hat. Yeah. On it, all right? Please, no one send that as hello, a Brienne. I want you to dress ass hat. What he's quick. sitting Continue. on? He's sitting on the Iron Throne. He's sitting on the Iron Throne when Ned comes in and has to pull him off and like jerk. Do your like seriously, man? Get off the throne. You know right. that's the only that's the real kind of angle, the lens I've seen him through in the past. So yeah. I mean, I don't really particularly hold against him what he did to Bran. I know that sounds terrible. He makes him a bad person. But in terms of like what I think of if it's like cool, if I can get behind his motives, um, I couldn't before because he just seemed like he was all in it for the power and untouchable. This new mm-hmm. vulnerable side of him is very appealing. And that's very interesting to hear because I think, you know, that's how it's good to hear that the show is doing that to the same level that the books are because that's pretty much what you go through with Jamie, like you go through the first two, three books going, this guy is such a jerk. Like what is happening? Why doesn't he just die already? And then like, you know, there comes a point where you start seeing the story through his point of view and you learn all of these things and you just totally have to reassess what you think of him. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons why he's one of people's most favorite character is because you just do this 180 with him and you, everything is you see everything in a new light it's like an episode of lost this guy is like you see one thing it forces you to reevaluate everything you thought you knew it's like serious black you know right you think he's bad <laughs> yeah, he's good kind of um, about his story can we talk about the the mad king here basically hiding wildfire or stashing it beneath flea bottom and stables and taverns and the red keep and the sept of baylor basically stashing wildfire everywhere because he's crazy <laughs> 
Yeah. I think it's smart. I mean, for what he wanted to do, he wanted to burn the city down if he was going to be burnt down. Yeah. It makes total sense. Yeah, good, good, good plan. The Nothing nobody movie. else would well have done. done. Dude. Yeah. But my problem is Jamie it's and his thorough. Yeah, Jamie and his story said he first killed the the um the pyromancer. So do they you think they've recovered safely all the places that they hid the wildfire? Or are they just sitting on a powder keg down in King's Landing? <laughs> well, I'm sure they cleaned it up. There were more pyromancers to I guess clean it up. Didn't we see some in season two? Yeah, they yeah. had a whole a whole bunch. Yeah, I think I think Tyrion you know, filled the boat with most of what was left. Okay. Yeah, and the waters and, and blew yes. up. I just I just can't help but think that like under the orphanage there's a hidden stash that's like threatening to <laughs> detonate well at any be. moment. Like a uh, what is it? A, a small like ant or something comes and yeah, yeah a fire cool. ant. There you go. A fire ant. Yeah. <laughs> is this, I, I really wish that pyromancer was a class on Warcraft. Now that I think about it, <laughs> that would be awesome. How tight would that be? Yeah, you get a flaming sword. You have like this, like you know, ball the uh, jars of wildfire. You like throw at people, and then they yeah, shoot fire from your damage hands. over time effects. There you go, dots. <laughs> this sounds awesome. That's what I'm saying. We need a pyromancer class. Anyway, uh, maybe we'll throw that in the Game of Thrones um, video game that we're gonna have on the show. On well, Friday. Speaking mm. of flaming swords. Mm. Oh, yeah. Speaking of flaming swords. Here, I'll, I'll make this transition for you, Eric. You ready? Yeah. Using Eric's advice, I would like <laughs> to trans, to trans uh, if you guys would allow me, uh, if this is okay, I would Ooh. like to transition into speaking about Thoros of Mir and everything <gasps> that happened with him. Is that you know cool? the lightsaber battle? Yeah. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> what would happen if only one person had a lightsaber and the other one just had a normal sword? This is what would happen. Yeah, or you'd burn your hand on the fire on the hill. <laughs> it's got to be hot, and you know it's got to be easy to act in a scene like that. Because the hound, when he was first dodging those first attacks, was like looking at the fire like really intently, and I'm like, he's actually scared. <laughs> these this guy's actually coming at him with a flaming sword. Yeah, I was like, that has to be the easiest scene to act in the entire show. Because he's just like, whoa, and you know, getting out of the way, but rightly so. I mean, that is terrifying. The yeah. hound can't catch a break. He really he did can't. though. He did yeah. win. He did. He caught a break. He well, I mean, sword. the fact the flaming sword. he had to fight somebody who had a flaming sword. I mean, it's yeah. you know, that's his worst possible nightmare next to that's what happened true. at Blackwater. Very true. You know, they can bring that guy back to life how many times, but they can't give him his eye back. Yeah, I take. Isn't life that interesting? What do you What do you guys think about this new concept that they're introducing, where they can bring someone back to life, not just as like a, I got to get this right, a white. Um, right. Well, yes, great. You know, that they didn't that they can actually bring someone back like like Barrickley. Even though he he made a comment, he says every time I'm I'm brought back, there's a little less. I mean, Thor's of Mir, we've seen this happen. This isn't just some conjecture of like, oh, the god of blah 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 can do this. I think like Thor's of Mir. I, I, and I and when I say that I, I mean because if you look back to what happened um with Melisandre, that was kind of the groundwork for Thor's of Mir and Beric Dondarrion in this whole s- scenario. And I feel like this may be laying the groundwork for other things in the series. Right. I mean, um, for the people that haven't that haven't read the books, I mean, what did you guys think of this development? It worries me. Okay. I like him as a character. I think he's cool. The, the Red Priest thing and them all supporting the Lord of Light thing. I'm not that religiously aligned in this show. I don't mm-hmm. really care if you pray to the seven, if you pray to the old gods that have trees, faces. I don't care mm-hmm. if you pray to fire flames. I understand that they keep you warm and they're pretty cool to look at when you've had a lot of mead. <laughs> I get it. Totally get it. But um, I think it's cool. I mean, I, I think the point that you were making was this wasn't 
an idealized, oh, he's back to life. This was mm-hmm. someone crouched over him and how raw the show is filmed. I mean, it's it's very raw. It feels a lot like, I mean, it's live action, but you don't see fantasy in this light of live action. Like, watch mm-hmm. something like The Hobbit. It's all very, it's everything is grand. But in yeah. this, it's very raw. It's also because it has a budget that is not as large as those kinds of things. But it's also because that's how they wanted it to feel because that's how the book is. So seeing someone lean over someone who has just had his shoulder cleaved Think about those things you have there, your collarbone. You have <laughs> veins, all right? Your it's crazy. Are yeah. Yeah, there's lots of things right there to cut through in order <laughs> to get to where his sword was. But he leaned over him, said a few shalalas, all right? And then, boom, he stood right back up. Shalala. <laughs> it's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Hey. It's huge. And it was, it and is it was a big deal. So quick, too, in, the, in this particular episode. I thought maybe they would kind of come back to that at the end of the episode because it's, it's such a huge reveal. That mm-hmm. Beric Dondarrion can come back to life. Well, and... I didn't. I didn't agree with their initial cutaway, but then they did come back to that scene where he and Arya have that really heartfelt conversation. I felt. Yeah, she she longs for her father, and I thought that that was really uh, a cool moment. Speaking of heartfelt conversations with Arya, her exchange with Gendry did that? Did anyone else get a little? Was the room a little dusty then, or was, was oh. that just me? Dusty or musty? (laughs) That was me also. (laughs) I love that. I do. This is actually, this is an interesting, a very interesting um, development because, I mean, as as book fans know, this happens very, very differently in the book. Um, And they, you know, they go, they go to Akon Hall and they have a whole thing that's actually, I think, a lot of people's favorite um, scene, especially because, again, this is another relationship that people have sort of really gotten behind um and i want to just emphasize that there's only four years apart in the book so it's different than in the show but obviously they've chosen to change that up for the show and i think but i still think at the same time i mean i really enjoy the gendry gendry area dynamic romantic or not that's not really the point it's just that it's nice to see in these books that two people actually have each other's backs it's kind of similar to jamie and brienne it's just such a relief to see that like some people can actually trust each other you know because it's so full of backstabbing so if they really do split up at this point i'll be really sad but i did love the scene yeah it's interesting that you bring up sort of the relationship dynamic because i always saw gendry sort of as replacing Jon snow in a way for Mm -hmm. for Arya. Mm -hmm. i think that's true yeah i I think in a lot of ways no (laughs) did you really I mean, I did because I I know in the the books it's not that much of a gap, and I I didn't know what they were trying. You know, I don't know the message they're trying to send with it. This is my first time watching it, but I thought it was a great moment. And when he said that, I didn't expect him to say that, so it mm. was it was gut wrenching as much as a TV show can be. Mm. I mean, as much as we like these characters, it was really cool to see. He's like, "Well, you would be my lady," and I was like, "Damn, Gendry, throwing down that gauntlet now." Shit. I do think he he did. I'm not sure he meant that by that line though, because I know a lot of people are like, "I'm just checking Tumblr right now, just for fun," and everyone's like, "You'd be my lady." I'm crying <laughs> and all these kinds of gifts, and I'm like, "Well, I think that the you'd be," and you guys can disagree with me, but I thought that the you'd be my lady line was less about. I, I I love you and and I would you would be my my lady as opposed to it you would be a noble you wouldn't be my friend you wouldn't be my family because right. I would be common born and you yeah. would be noble and I would serve you like I've served people my whole life that's the way that I read it yeah that's the way I read it too I think so mm-hmm. I think it was meant that way 
I think also the 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 line that preceded it was also meant to kind of throw us up in the air about it because mm. she said mm. I could be your family yeah. and that was that's a very intimate I could be your family so to yeah. follow it up with you'd be my lady I can understand how we could twist it I definitely yeah, yeah. I agree I don't fault the people that are reading more into it than that I think that that's totally legitimate well, that's interesting. Well, that's a new spin because I thought, you know, I thought he meant, you know, we could be together because they have spent a lot of time together. They've been through a lot of stuff and Arya's cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well he, he doesn't really want to serve anybody, though. Isn't that what this is about, that he's separating yes. from her? Because he, that's interesting, too. We have these people who are no longer bound by duty, almost, you know, to serve. Um, Jorah and Barris and Selmy talk about wanting to finally serve someone they enjoy and can get behind. And Gendry's the same. He's like, I'm not serving people. I've been serving people all my life. These are brothers here, you know, my family. So it's really mm -hmm. interesting to see these people kind of want something better for themselves than just what the duty, you know, life of duty has, has provided so far. Yeah. But it'd be interesting to see where his story goes now, Gendry, because obviously he's not out, he's not out of the story. And I'm really curious because I have no idea, honestly, where they're going to take his character. Not to harken uh, back to Selena's favorite <laughs> area or locale, but I think in a way it's another crossroads. You know, you can tell mm. that. Oh Arya wow! And Gendry may just for the time being be going in different directions. Mm. Those playing the game of owns drinking game, we've mentioned crossroads. Again. <laughs> that means lift your glass. <laughs> when you said favorite area, I thought you were going to start talking about Jamie's ass for a second. I, I was like, oh, are we going there? Going back second. to her favorite area. Let's go back to Jamie's ass. Let's go back That's, to Jamie's it's, it's the director's Please. favorite area, okay? Why is that? Because there were like five asses in this episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, this was an ass-heavy episode. It really was. <laughs> Excuse me, may I ask you a few questions? <laughs> Sorry. Guys, the Twitter sphere has been complaining about the lack of nudity recently. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, ass is the cheapest nudity we can get, all right? We pay the actors a lot less for ass. And they're like, all right, well, fill it up. <laughs> <laughs> How about not getting ass? And we can turn over to Stannis and talk about <laughs> him for a minute. Oh, my gosh. And his creepy wife. Yeah, I want to hear what you guys thought of uh, Selyse. Well, she, clearly she's a Westerosian geneticist because she keeps <laughs> yes. her dead fetuses. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Formaldehyde wildfire. That creeped me out. Oh, my God. I was, that, that was, was the moment creepy. I was, it was so disgusting. She just went down the line and, and named them at one point, too. Yes. Which was even creepier. Well, how, how many guys do you know? How many wives out there can you admit to cheating on them? And they reply, no act done in the service of the Lord of Light can ever be a sin. I, I, wept, I wept with joyously. joy. <laughs> I wept joyously when she told me. Oh, man. He was like, okay. Uh, he was disappointed. Well, he was disappointed. He was like, I think he wanted some shit for it. He came to confess his sins, and she's like, that's fine. Yeah, but she's sitting in a room with babies and bottles. <laughs> she's like she's like a cat sister, kind of, you know? Well, yeah, I, I drew mad. that comparison, too. But yeah. what yeah. must that be for the daughter? You know, it's like, oh my God, hey, I daughter, know. come eat dinner, you know? And she's like eating dinner with her unborn siblings, like, <laughs> in the background. Oh. It's like... Oh. Mason jars. Mason Jason jars, yeah. Like, can you pass the salt? Oh, wait, that's your brother. I was, oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, gross. But one Maybe thing Celise did say that I did have a problem with, beside the fact that her name kind of sounds like mine, is that <laughs> she said that Melisandre gave Stannis a son. And I that confused me because is she talking about the shadow baby? 
Like, is the shadow baby a, a, a son? Like, does it have a gender? Maybe Did she to her say? it is. It looked like a dude to me in, yeah. the, in the episode. Yeah, but, but yeah. what? Is it? Is it around? Like, what? That's not a son. Like, what's happening? Where did it go? Didn't she say <laughs> it blew away? I mean, didn't it only exist to kill? Yeah, it had. Like it had one, one use in it. You know, one time yeah, well, use son. Yeah, <laughs> use <laughs> shadow down. baby. Mistaken in the books. Aren't there two of these shadow creatures that appear in uh, Clash of Kings? Not just one. Yes. There are two. Yeah, there there are two. They send them different places. All right, so maybe (laughs) (laughs) for the show's purpose, they meant to relate back to the existing shadow person, and maybe that person is still alive. Like maybe they were insinuating that it's still out there. But it's not a person. I think she's just crazy. I think she's just crazy. That's basically what it all boils down to. You're just prejudiced against shadow people. (laughs) So, Eric. What do we call this type of person similar to Lysa Aaron? Oh, crazier than a shithouse rat. Uh, Those of you playing the Game of Owns drinking game, we have said crazier than a shithouse rat. Pick up your glass. Also, Eric, can we just address real quick what What? a shithouse would be? (laughs) What a shithouse would be? What a rat would be hanging out in a shithouse. I have no idea, sir. Maybe maybe on Friday's episode. Um, I do want to ask, is this spoiler okay if I ask what happened to her daughter's face? Was it burned or was it, is she half dragon? It's a disease. <laughs> She's not half dragon. No. Okay, because I didn't I know. She's Which half? They're going to explain that. Yeah, they didn't address it. That she's singing a song that says the birds have scales, and I was thinking of dragons, and I was like, mm. "Well, that's interesting because she looks like she has scales, and that's not like any kind of negative comment." I just want yeah. to know what's what's up with it's her. It's true they didn't explain that at all. No, she has a disease called grayscale, and I'm guessing that they'll address it in the show at some point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just just being in true Game of Thrones fashion. I mean, you got such deep insight. I thought just by watching Stannis's character. Uh, you know, he has a strong sense of duty that he portrays immediately, you know, talking about how he f- forsaked his vows to his wife. But then you see, like, when when he goes in to visit his daughter and she comes running up to him, she's so happy to see him, but he can't even bring himself to hug her, yeah. to reciprocate in any way. And I wonder, is that more of what he's gone through with Melisandre and sort of the fact that he's been drained emotionally? Maybe it's the battle. I don't know, but... You know, was there any point where Stannis was re- receptive to emotion in any way? That's a good question. I don't think so because uh, Sir Davos is the one who had to make her a boat, and that's also the big complaint that everyone has against him. I mean, his brother claimed the seat of the king; he claimed the crown ahead of his big brother. I mean, even though his big brother was alive, and he knew he would be very pissed off about it, like he was that lame and heartless as a person that his brother chose the crown before him. So I think everyone kind of knows that he's kind of a weird dude. Yeah, and I—I I mean, I think Davos has been apologizing for Stannis's lack of, you know, um, what's the word? Empathy. Congeniality. I don't know. Empathy. Yeah, yeah, for the longest time by by spending by spending time with his daughter. You know, that's why they're such good friends. Is because Stannis just wasn't around. And it's not like he was doing other things, you know, a long time ago before he tried to conquer King's Landing either. So I think that there is, um, you know, it's dad, he's a bad father, I think, and inattentive at times to, to her needs, especially when it comes to those little girl things. Mm. Call Westeros Child Services. Take her away. I thought she was locked up. Both of them seem to be. Yeah, mm. that's what it felt like to me. I think yeah. Dragonstone's just kind of a miserable place. Yeah. It's like carved out of like a like a mountain or stone. Something. Yeah, 
the, the little girl says that that the, the Aegon built it though, right? Or the the Targaryens built it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. With probably with dragons, I'm guessing. With with stones of dragons. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they ever kidney stones. Explain mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> it's interesting that they made Shireen's friend the Onion Knight, Sir Davos. I like that change. That's a change? She had a, a really weird, like, clown friend in the books. <laughs> what? That just yeah. always really creeped me out. Yeah, she was, wow. like, friends with this clown. And I just saw, you know, there's an episode of Supernatural, which I don't know. It's just randomly. But there's, like, kids running around holding hands with clowns that end up killing their parents. And it's always, like, that kind of thing that I imagined. <laughs> because it was so creepy. That'd <laughs> like, Monday, like everybody. It, right? Yeah. I thought fetuses yeah. in jars was the worst thing I was going to talk about tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hand holding with clowns murdering their parents yes you know i could see something like that happening in game of thrones though if you think about it i don't yeah, see clowns actually. though they don't well i guess they have makeup what's his name again jingle bells patch something, face. something like no, that patch face jingle bells is a different jester oh he's the phrase he's the phrase but patch face is is interesting because the song that Sh- that sharina is singing over the end credits is actually lines that patch face said in the book and he, he's always saying these oh, like wow. rhyming lines, which seem like nonsense, but a lot of people think are are like prophetic. Such a nerd, Phil. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. So there's your your nerd fact of the day. But uh, but yeah, if you if you rewatch the episode, listen closely to those lines, and you might be able to um, predict what's going to happen. See, there is a reason you listen to the show, guys. You're not just bored. <laughs> Micah, it won't come and hurt you, really. Those threats aren't, they're not real. No, they're... But you learn stuff. Well, maybe they are. I think someone recently in a review, Micah, I took a glance at him this morning, and someone called you, I think they called you adorable or something like that, and then they said the threats are working. So someone awesome. is a fan of violence, I think. <laughs> well, you know, I don't really threaten anymore. I just reference back to old threats provided by other people on the show. So figure <laughs> it's it out. Did you hear cast safe. threat? It's a safe tactic. Exactly. It's once removed. It's threats once removed. Exactly. Um, I think it's a little dangerous. Well, how about um, if I can bring this up, Bolton? Because when we first arrive, you don't know what kind of guy Bolton's going to be in front of Jamie. And I thought, even though he kind of played with them a little bit, revealing what had happened at King's Landing, in the end, he told Jamie that his sister's still alive and then had him sent to go see the doctor. So I liked Bolton, actually. I thought he was pretty agreeable. Yeah, that was nice to see. Well, he was kind of douchey, though. I mean, that way well, he, he was sort the of... Kingslayer. He, he trolled him a little bit, but he did. Yeah. He did. I well, didn't, didn't think lie. half as bad. Not half as bad as horse piss. Well, that's true. Well, uh, no, or cutting his freaking hand <laughs> off. Well, there's that. Right? Let's not forget that. Well, yeah, hang on, because when when um when he decides when he's in with the medic when the when Jamie's in with the medic and he starts you know it's the end of the scene and he starts cutting off and there's that. That cutaway to Baelish checking his watch or something. He's like holding up his <laughs> wrist and is like, what's going on? He's walking down some stairs. I thought that must have been intentional. I thought that was more of a cut for going from Harren Hall to the person who was supposed to inherit. Well, not really inherit, but receive Harren Hall. I thought that was kind of a, mm-hmm. I don't know what you really call that. Work both ways, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like a transition. And I did see Baelish wearing his <laughs> Mockingbird pin. They didn't oh. talk about that at all. Hmm. The Mockingjay. Yeah, the Mockingjay. Mocking he Jay. is. He is the Mockingjay. <laughs> Sorry. Please insult, insert the whistle. Well, they here. talked about it in season two, so I guess. Uh, oh, that's yeah. You're right. Somebody on Twitter. I'm trying to find it right now. 
but they called him Roost Trollton. <laughs> I swear to the gods, I will awesome. give you credit for this. I read it, and now look like a troll. <laughs> we're trying to record, so I don't want to like, hey guys, stop the show a second, let me find this tweet. So you know who you are. I will find you later. It was damn funny. I'm gonna stop looking now. <laughs> well done. No, it, it was like when when they walked up, I expected to see them mistreat the both of them like their captors had been doing. Yeah. But my guess was actually correct that whenever they got to the place they were going, they would set Brienne free. I thought that only made sense. Like It was very clear that Brienne was trans- transporting a prisoner. She was not bad, yada, yada, yada. So I was glad that no further transgressions would have happened. And it also makes me think, what would have happened? Like How pissed off would Roose Bolton have been if the captors would have done what they had planned to do with Brienne. Spiffy yeah. Giff on Twitter. Clay, C and Jeff Gaffney, that's who said it. Roost Trolton. Spiffy Giff. Roost, Roost Spiffy Giff. Trolton. From Ireland. Okay. Yeah. Was, was the, the person who was treating Jamie, was that the maester that they saved, or not really saved, but that Rob gave water to a couple episodes ago? Um, oh, good question. I think it was, yeah. They Didn't they say they took his chain because Jamie's like, can I see some credentials? Yeah. yeah, he's like, you're not a maester. <laughs> see some ID. Hey, just uh, before I get somebody to cut away part of my hand, you know, can I see some some chains or something, some some rare metals around your neck for the Link's he was forge like... for Mordor, please? No, what happened was he gave him polyjuice potion, and that's why he revealed everything he did in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah. There's too many things colliding right now. <laughs> I thought it was great when he was like, I think we're going to have to take it up. Uh, we're just going to need to cut this much of your arm off or whatever, and basically... He chokes the guy with his with the remaining hand, and he's like, "There's no need to overcompensate, sir. Just take off what you need, please." And he's like, "All right, I suppose that we can just clean it up a little bit." Like, what a dick move! Jamie's the best. But by who though? I mean, a dick move by the guy. He's like, "We need to cut off more of your arm," and Jamie's like, "I'm not that stupid." No. I realize, yeah, I realize that there's no need for you to take <laughs> off my entire arm. I mean, to club somebody with this in the future. I like how he, <laughs> I like how he gets like the surgery done without any meds though i know yeah. isn't that a just a bit overkill though like seriously jamie just take the milk of the puppy he wouldn't even take like, the milk what have the you puppy? got to prove yeah you, you guys know? ever had that shit it makes you feel weird yeah but and come on he just i mean i think he wanted to stay at full he didn't want to lose his senses at all when he was with the enemy you know yeah. That's i think true. it was yeah i think it was cathartic too it's it's proving to himself that he can live this way it's it's almost like you know previously he had to get his will to live back. Now I think he's got it, especially now he knows his sister's still alive. You know he's back in the game. He he needed to feel that that pain. He's probably never felt more alive, sickly. Um, but you you know I I think he needed that. That was a character moment. He definitely got points for me for that. Mm. I just thought he was a crazy bastard for that. I was like, cut it out, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just I think it's unclear what Milk of the Puppy does. Like I don't know, I didn't get it. It's like. I would take the morphine. Come on. Yeah. I mean, it's basically, basically that. It is, yeah. But he's just a boss that way. So. And Brienne just had to stand up when she got mad and just, hey, I'm naked under that here. That was so her funny. Because she was like, I'm so angry. I will show you my nakedness. And it was just, <laughs> just, just adding to there. the butt count. Yeah, yeah. And then Jamie was like, uh, you know, I forgot what I was mad about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I apologize. You, right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know, you look different with all that armor on now without anything on. Not too bad. We had such a great scene with them after that where, I mean, not only did we get the nakedness, but we also got the the trust. I mean, they was, you know, he was saying, 
what was they saying? I'm sorry, it's late. But basically, he, he concluded with him saying, I trust you. And that was just brilliant. And he also asked her to call him Jamie. And it's just the beginning of a beautiful <laughs> friendship, great. you My guys. My name's Jamie. <laughs> well, and that was so emotional because he'd been given that entire spiel about how these people, uh, his entire life after this moment, because he was relatively young when all of this happened with the Mad King, yeah. that he had been called all these terrible things and the, the minds of all of these, quote, honorable people and in reality he was trying to pick the lesser of the two evils like do i sacrifice my family and my father and the lives of tons of innocent people just because this guy's a raving lunatic he's Mm. he's insane so i just this was really emotional for for jamie i thought as a character to be like just call me jamie damn it no one does it's my name (laughs) only cersei calls me jamie and I think he may need to start, like, he should stick with the Brienne thing because now we, Cersei's going to be busy with someone else, you know? Like, <laughs> I, I, yes. I didn't see that coming. I literally lulled when that happened. Neither did Cersei. <laughs> she didn't yeah. see that coming. That was like a, a, you know, a father disciplining his children and, and she's there smirking the whole time because her little brother's <laughs> getting yelled at. And then, of course, um, he's got some for her too. Unbelievable. But I felt bad for her in a way. She's condemned to being in another loveless marriage. But I can't feel too bad for her, though, because she was so smug about Tyrion. Yeah, yeah. I feel the same way. She was like, oh, Tyrion, you have to marry her, ha, 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 even though you're in love with someone else, and even though you're not a pedophile, ha, 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 (laughs) ha, ha. And did Tywin throw down in this episode? Oh, my God. Flipped it over. And he also said, hey, little girl, I know what you've been up to with your brother. Yes. Yep. He said, let's yeah. disprove all out. the nasty things people have been saying about you. And to Tyrion, he said, wed her, bed her, and put a child in her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Down he knows. Business. He's just, do it, man. It's like, unbelievable. Get it he's over like, with. He's like, you're late to be married anyway. It's like, like this was a favor for Tyrion. He's like, you wanted to be rewarded here. I'm the Stark <laughs> girl. The key to yeah. the North, man. This is all oh, politics. But like, the Sansa wedding was a pretty big subplot in this in this episode because Marguerite's lying to her and telling her that that basically after they get married, after she marries Joffrey, she'll slowly plant the seeds with Loras to to arrange for that marriage. Loras already knows, though, because when Baelish sends his guy to sleep with him, Loras is like, yeah, I'm wedding Sansa. (laughs) Baelish finds out, tells Cersei, Cersei knows, tells Tywin, and like nobody's – it's unbelievable, the deception in this episode. Yeah, damn Oliver. (laughs) Well, it worked pretty well Well, anyway. It's it's really that complicated, I hope, as I described, but it it read a lot easier on the screen. You know, and yeah. girls will be happy to know that the show has some much-needed male nudity, as I've been hearing, as all of the girls keep on reflecting, as Sue was complaining about. There you go, everybody. Yes. Male yeah, on male nudity. There's two even. of them. Two yeah. of them. Yeah. At one time. So, enjoy. No, but... Uh, <laughs> hey, Morris you guys is- had your girl on girl. <laughs> Did, Did we? we? Now I forget. Oh yeah, yeah in front of Baelish. Oh, like, they, were, they, were, they did that against their will. They were being paid. Yeah. That was forever mm. ago. Also, it's yeah. a TV show. If anyone Hasn't gets their kicks out of a show, consider yourselves need to you need to rethink some things. Anyway, so this happened. <laughs> L- Loras, I just it's TV. Come on, the the entire marriage situation with Loras and Sansa, I was confused about it first because I know it's not exactly the same in the book, and so I actually sort of forgot when I heard it last week, and then I had to relearn it again this week when it happened. And I think mm-hmm. it's a lot more friendlier, easier for us to digest. Mm-hmm. And 
I didn't expect it to happen in this, and I guess you could call it the small council, which it really has deteriorated until only a few people, that Cersei is marrying him now. Yeah. And I didn't see that coming. What surprised me the most was the Tyrion Sansa bit. Like, I feel like so many things you can kind of sort of see coming or figure out if you calculate some of it in your head and say, well, this is kind of the only direction this could go. Mm-hmm. But Tyrion was out of left field for me. And I'm interested to see how this progresses further because it seems like whatever Taiwan says right now is law. So if something doesn't happen to Taiwan to change up this shit, then I'm curious to see how Tyrion handles this. Could they mutiny? Do you think that that Lannister kids would get together and mutiny against Tywin. Well, are they no, are they kids. united <laughs> enough for that? That's the problem because there's so much there's so much pro- there's so many problems between them, you know, that they might not be able to. And how will Shay feel about this? That's what I want to know. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, didn't she? Right. Say she's she on Sansa's Sansa? side, isn't exactly like she's on Sansa's side. But will she take Sansa's side in this, or will she be like, "Bitch, you're still in my man," you know? <laughs> so now she's gonna be like, "Oh, you're you are." She's gonna have a total reason to be jealous. I understand why they set that up. Then mm-hmm. it seemed a little sloppy before, and I get it now. They're really trying to push it in. Well, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I see. Maybe it was set up. I don't know. I think it was. I definitely think it was. But I still, I, I'm still curious whether it was set up as. Yeah, you know, for her to be jealous of Sansa or for her to be on Sansa's side. I mean, I'm, I'm that'll be interesting to see. I think no matter what, she's going to take it out on Tyrion. Yeah. So I think there's right. that to look forward to. That's unfortunate. Like, Tyrion's yeah. got his finger on the pulse of it all. He says to his father, you know, after what Joffrey did to this girl, you want me to go after him? He's like, yeah, and you'll yeah. be proud to do so. He knows exactly what pain, what fresh hell it will cause Sansa. And so that's a good he thing. He also said you're not going to mistreat this girl. So it was a way for, for Tywin to be like, listen, she's been mistreated. I get it. Joffrey's an ass bag. Not to repeat the ass bag. Oh, not an ass hat. Look, <laughs> no, ass, ass hat. bag. There you go. Right. <laughs> He's an ass bag and you're not. Maybe you're small, but you're not an ass bag. So enjoy. Like it's in your hands now. But there was a stipulation. He's got to put a child in her. And, and, and Cersei, he says to Cersei, hey, you're still fertile. You got to have some kids. It's like the, they're all cemented with children and marriage, and this is how Tywin clings to power, essentially. He he took this proposed wedding between Loras and uh, Sansa and stuck one of his children to each of them. He separated. He cut it right down the middle like cake and said, you know, I have two kids <laughs> with me. One of each of you will marry the, the these two. And then again, they're just in the middle of it all. Um you know like cake yeah Yeah, like cake (laughs) it's pretty smart though i mean making allegiances we've all learned this from game of Thrones ascent it's uh yes (laughs) it's very important who you you marry your children to yes you win or your facebook is deactivated tywin's just come in and he's on cleanup duty you know he's just coming through and tying up all the loose ends doing everything in his power to make things right for his family and i think the other interesting point that got brought up that he felt very strongly about was that Rob Stark is in a lot of trouble. There was a good line he had um, in this episode, and I I, I, um, quoted, but he was talking too fast. I didn't get to do it. But he said, I'm not fighting for justice if I don't serve justice to my men. And then he said something like, no matter how highborn they are. Um, He had a dilemma, a bit of a dilemma in this episode, which is that Carr Stark went and killed some kids, the Lannister kids, and oh my god yes so that's why they introduced him <sighs> this guy i'm telling you this guy which guy Star Stark. 
Lord Snowy Oh, Karstark. Yeah, Snowy Rick Beard. Karstark. That we're related because guy. you're a Stark and I'm a Karstark and we're related. I don't know. Do well, we agree with the Rob, though? Suspiciously close. I thought, they saw, I thought he saw reason. You know, he was like, I thought he was going to acquiesce and like just keep him yeah. hostage. And then the next scene was the execution. Well, I didn't because Axie Moron retweeted something on Twitter that was pretty. It, it was like, I'm looking forward to a car start being a little shorter tonight or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, well, <laughs> I think he's going to get beheaded or someone's <laughs> going to take his knees off. The mafia is going to visit him, break his legs. No, I, I thought the way Rob handled it was was stupid. I thought it was a very Ned move, though. And he's his father's son. It was not at all how you should play the game. Hey, let's take out some of our biggest supporters, the Car Starks mm-hmm. in the North, who are are part of our family. But I mean, he was right in his decision. They snuck in five of them and killed some kids, and out of spite, not for any particular reason. They didn't sneak in and behead the Kingslayer. They snuck in and killed some kids. So, head of the Great Iron, hang some of the rest. Done and done. I mean, the other thing would be how many of Rob's men died. You know, that were guarding outside those kids. I know. That's I know that was a lot. But yeah. he's furious. Well. He's like, he's like, bitch, I told you not to do that. He's like, this is exactly what I told you not to do is to, to go after these kids. Like, and this car star guy didn't, he just had to have his revenge. And I understand there's no point, no place for a person like that in your, your guard. But Rob really didn't realize the weight of his decisions until it was too mm. late. And then later he pouts to his wife Oh, you all were right. Oh, half the men are gone. You know what you know? this reminded me of a, a little bit? It was a last season finale when, or the last season when um, Danny locked her handmaiden into the vault with uh, Saroso and Daxos because he, or Daxos as we like to call him. <laughs> to prove because a point, you go. she betrayed him. Yeah. And I don't know. There was just something, something where these these people who are trying to be leaders are in way over their heads, and they're trying to prove themselves by showing that they can be merciless, even though they really have a lot of of love in them. Mm-hmm. Because they're kind of trying to fight do. that. It's mm-hmm. interesting to actually see sort of the deterioration of Rob because no, know, it's not. It sucks. <laughs> well, from, from somebody who's read the books, because you don't see. Through his perspective, he's not a point of view character, and we've discussed this before on the show. You see more of him through Catalan, so to to actually witness it to me is is really cool, actually. And I really liked um, the execution scene that yes. they had it raining, and it was like uh, an obvious parallel with with Theon uh, last season executing Sir Roderick. Only Rob was able to to behead him in, in one stroke, but. <laughs> I think I think both scenes are are kind of you know a big kind of you know moment for each character in kind of a point of no return situation. Mm, crossroads. <laughs> and did you see Drink. how pissed off he looked when he was walking away from the body? Oh man. yeah, yeah. I mean that was uh, that's definitely pointing us in a direction. So I'm interested to see what happens to Rob. I think what's been happening to him is terrible. <sighs> I'm glad he's taking care of business though. Good job, Robert. I know we're st- yeah. I know we're still learning about magic in this series too, but can you just curse somebody by saying "kill me and be cursed"? Like, because that those were Car Stark's last words to him: "Kill me and be cursed." You're no king of mine. <laughs> so, cursed is that like an actual curse, or Does is that he like have be magic? Is that like Do you saying think be Car damned? Stark has magic though? Is he a red he priest? Looks like no. a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? It's like Dumbledore. That's good. That's a good point. You know, I guess it's in the air for him. We'll find out later. I'm sure. 
I, I guess like how well, that's a valid argument. He, hey, he looks like a wizard. It's a TV show. They made him a wizard way for a reason. I didn't see a pipe, though, so he's mm. minus one on the wizard front. No long bottom leaf on him. No long bottom leaf. Zero no long bottom leaf. But I think, uh, the, you know, I, don't, I didn't care for Karstark, obviously, but I, I also didn't care for Rob's wife, who comes up to him when he's pouting and is like, silly me, I don't know how to read a map. <laughs> I don't even know where Winterfell is. La, 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 la. <laughs> You know, he's like trying I to think plan it was a supposed battle. to be a deeper meaning than that, though. I don't know, man. He's like, I guess she kind of unlocks, like, inspires him to see a way, but it's, I, I don't know. She's just kind of ditzing around, and he had a lot of issues to work through. But talking about the desperation from before, I mean, Bruce Bolton now is at Harren Hall. He's split from Rob. The Car Starks have left Rob. So two of his right hand men are no longer by his side. And he makes the decision now that he has to go back and ally himself with the man who he betrayed by marrying Talisa. Mm-hmm. So bum, bum, bum. this is not a great situation for him to be in. He's doing his best though with what he has. And I think that, I mean, he the thing about Rob is that he's never going to stop trying. And I really enjoy that about him because... I mean, here he is in the situation, he's backed against the wall and he's thinking, you know what, I'm going to have to go to these people because I need to keep moving forward. Hmm. Yeah, but it's such a juxtaposition between where he was last season, Mm -hmm. where he was winning and winning and winning and things were much better now. Yeah, exactly. Just shows you how, you know, in these books, war is, you know, it could be up one day, down the next. Or, you know, I don't know how long the time frames are, but you get what I'm saying. Well, you know what they say, Micah. It has to get worse before it gets better. So we'll just have mm-hmm. to wait and see. The night is dark. Mm-hmm. It's just before the dawn. But exactly. not in the case of this show, because the ratings are steadily climbing. The episodes are getting even better, I think. I thought last week was the best yet. I still think it probably eclipses this one for me personally, just because of the ending. I thought the ending was great. Oh, yeah. So funny. But this episode was wonderful because it was full of such great, backstory that got to give us even more glimpses toward Ned and toward Robert, people that we both care about and love so dearly that we can't see them anymore. <laughs> that makes me sad. And I believe it's time for owns. Uh, I'll go. And there was, there really were so many and I want to give at least four to Davos in this episode, but uh, Arya for still reciting her little mantra of who she wants to kill or see dead. Um, Joffrey, Cersei, Ilan Payne, Sir Meryn and the Hound. This <laughs> right is, in front of him. This is yeah. I, um, clearly, she's on a mission. She still is able to keep things together, even in face of, of great odds. And the fact that she's basically being a hostage to these brother brothers without banners. So, I want to give it to own to, to her. Give my own to Arya. Well, I'm going to give my own to uh, to Jamie this week because I think For that what in particular. Oh mm-hmm. well. <laughs> <laughs> just Not that's it. Just that. Oh, oh my God! No, I'm I'm going to stick to Jamie. I had another one. Speaking of the nakedness, but someone else can take that one. But um, just because I think that in this episode it was finally when he's beginning to win everybody over, not least Brienne, that he is not actually the bad person that she has. She and the audience has always thought that he was, and I thought that that was brilliant. Um. But now I'm kind of now I've just said that I really want to give my own to John because way to go, dude. <laughs> way to teach her. Um, but yeah, no, I'm going to stick with Jamie. I'm going to give my own to Rob because 
he's one of my favorite characters and he really maybe he didn't do the best best move politically but he had a conviction the guy betrayed him he needs to die he needs to get executed and right. he did the deed himself and just like his father you know and uh mm-hmm. you know he showed he showed the kind of the kind of guy he is oh robbie i had i think i wrote down one and then i thought that wasn't very good so i kept going i don't know what this quote's for but i put lord of light give us a new episode and here it is i don't really know what sense that makes but it's there. Uh, so here's the episode i guess it worked um i thought it was great when lady olena aka the queen of thorns was like god's boy that's enough we're not in a tavern to pod yes. i thought that was absolutely like, hilarious. where did you go to get those valentus <laughs> <laughs> that was good this isn't a tavern i thought that was great um but i think my actual own that was like second runner-up beauty pageant thing like not quite as hot as the first one here is the first one i thought my favorite part of the episode that owned was when a grit or egret <laughs> as john likes to shout egret turned to john inside of this cave full of steamy romance she said you swore some vows i want you to break them so yeah nice he broke some vows so there you go egret it was fun everybody got to have their moment and wonderful Nice. I want to change mine. <laughs> oh, just to be diff- just to no be difficult because I just Come wanted on. to see if anyone else took it. No, give me one because I really I think you know as great as Jamie was, I gotta give mine to Tywin though because way to own Cersei and and Tyrion like that was if you're talking about not favorite scenes but just owns in general. I mean, way to own everybody. <laughs> um, I think I'd have to give it to Beric Dondarrion when he says. Basically, that he's been killed by two Cleganes, and he's still standing. <laughs> yeah, pretty lame. Um, you think he would have learned his lesson? I don't know. Part of me still wants to give it to Arya, though, because there's this don't one fight line it. that she has. She says, I believe it's to both Beric and Thoros, could you bring back a man without a head? Not six <laughs> times, once. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Arya. How would you communicate would with him? bring the mood down, Micah. Even Sorry. if you did. It's not really a moment. It was just... <laughs> It was just the moment. If you want to talk about owns, let's talk about how she put her babies in those jars. She owned those kids, huh? <laughs> huh? Hey, listen, owns can be whatever you guys want. We receive a wide variety of owns, whether it be through email. Some are sent through Twitter, which a lot of you guys have done live. I would, I can say live with us tonight since the episode started. It is Sunday night. We are all recording in the dead of night, braving the darkness of winter to bring you this episode. And it looks like... A lot of you guys, at least an hour and a half, two hours worth of you guys, have been doing the same on Twitter. And now, it's Eric Skull reads the tweets in God I Hope 90 Seconds or Less. Megan says, first own of the episode goes to Barrick's Flaming Sword. Lightsaber. Old school lightsaber. Gonna be hard to beat last episode, says Michael Cerrone. Read the goddamn was the most badass six minutes of the whole series so far. Vicky says, I think Egrit found something that Jon Snow knows. Question, how to do. (laughs) Michael Cerrone again says, you know something, Jon Snow. Isabel mentions that this uh, whole episode was, in fact... Epic, don't we think? Yes, we think. Borden Wilson says, so. 
Egret's sex, <laughs> cave sex, owned John the episode and the entire fucking season. Elizabeth Ann says Shireen totally owned her father. Season? Kid does what she wants, plus she's freaking adorable. Joe Martin says yeah, the whole season was strong enough. Tywin owning Cersei when he dropped the Loras bomb. Ayo. <laughs> the Loras bomb. Marvin says the Starks and Tully's owned Lord Karstark's head. First, the Blackfist punched him in it, and then Rob cut it off in the next scene. <laughs> Mike Brooks says, owner of the episode goes to Beric Dondarrion for slapping death across the face six times. Gotta say, that's probably, as technically speaking, the best own that you could have ever. If you want to break down owns. Yeah. <laughs> if you're breaking it down, yeah. And, um, owning death of, itself. Owning death itself? God of death? <laughs> you uh, are fuck old. You. <laughs> yes. Please bring me back, Lord of JD <laughs> says, own goes to Beric Dondarrion for having such a high blood alcohol count that his blood catches on fire. Dylan Manwoody says, Rob, this is a quote here. He was only the watcher. Hang him last so he can watch the others die. <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty owned. That's that hard was ass. Pretty badass. That was pretty badass. Yeah. Brittany Black says, Arya owned me by completely melting my heart when she said to Gendry, I can be Aww, your family. Me too. <sighs> my God, oh. you guys. <laughs> Maisie is owning Sigh. it. The Unsullied mm-hmm. get a shout out in Jasmine Alvarado's tweet. Alvarado's tweet. Alvarado? Jasmine Alvarado says, Avocado. Jasmine Avocado says, <laughs> Grey Worm owned his name. A rare touching moment in the series. A rare touching moment in the series? Oh, Jasmine. <laughs> there were a few rare touching moments in this episode. Yeah, not so rare, more with the touching. Our friend Gordon has a question. <laughs> Gordy Wall says, Is this the first episode where John has actually said Egret's name? <laughs> Passing observation. <laughs> See, I thought the same thing. It probably is. Because he said Egret. it so weirdly. Egret, Egret. We would have noticed before, Egret. wouldn't we? Egret. Yeah, I think Are so. Are you going to our igloo? <laughs> Jenny Lee Nolf says, Tywin owns Cersei by ordering her to wed her into her least favorite family in Westeros. Ryan Amaral concurs. He says, Own goes to Tywin, putting both of his kids in their place. And also, great job by Nikolai. Yeah. Lots of hashtags as well, Ryan. Nice use of hashtags. <laughs> Ryan said, you will marry Loris. Kissed by fire. And what a scene. <laughs> what a scene. Let those hashtags live long and prosper. <laughs> uh, Mary D says, Tywin's mic drop moment, leaving two stunned children in his wake. Epic. <laughs> There you go. Jake Thurman is responding to something that Selena said about so many crucial scenes, a bathtub scene is a hashtag crammed into one episode. Mm-hmm. Kean Gaffney, Spiffy Gif. This is our friend from before. Roos Spiffy Tr- Gif. Roos Trollton takes the own for this episode. Gordon, again, Gordy Walls. Why is Gendry owning my heart with this misery? Damn you to hell, Joe Dempsey. Why <laughs> is everyone abandoning Arya? I'll Why? join that one. Andrew M. Smith with a serious tweet to us, gentlemen. Celise owns some fetus. <laughs> she and does Shir- indeed. Shireen owned those prophetic songs. I agree. I think that's the first use of own we've heard as in general ownership. Congratulations, <laughs> Andrew Smith. We thought we had seen it all. We thought we had, but we had not. Jake Thurman says, In a bizarre twist, male nudity may have owned female nudity in this episode. Oh, yeah. Side note, the blue bard, question mark. Gordon says, Melisandre's spreading schizo like it's no one's business. (laughs) OWTF is it with Stannis and his offspring? He's got demon sperm. 
demon sperm. <laughs> Congratulations. You've titled this episode. <laughs> God, I'm clapping for this one. Everyone's performing so well. Peggy Ruiz says Tywin owns like everything. Jon Snow in a cave. Doesn't he? Yes. yes. But my what own did you do with your mouth? Barrick well, we read the owns. Yes. That's what he did. He just started reading the owns from Game of Owns and it worked. Uh, Giselle G says Jamie wins hands down and runner up to John for knowing just the right thing at the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, ACP says as much as I hate him, Tywin well, owned his kids Roz, so. and wiped the smug smile from Cersei's face. Vanessa concurs. She says Tywin owned everybody. SMH. Terrible. <laughs> Shaking my head. That's what the kids say nowadays. SMH. Oh, that's what that means. Yeah, you didn't know that. It's no. uh, it's it's mostly an urban term, but it's 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 making its way across the countryside. Yeah. And Isabel says, "Can't decide between Roose Bolton owning Jamie with the story of King's Landing, or Tywin <laughs> Lannister owning his kids." And last but not least, for so far, Roshni Bamwani says, "Shireen owns Stannis by ignoring his designation of Davos as a traitor." Love Shireen oh, and Davos in well. a non-shipping way because ew, ew. Well, we've seen Stranger Things happen on Stranger Tides, and that was Eric Skull reads the tweets in uh, four minutes, I think, unless whatever it's ever down to. We finished the tweets, everybody. It definitely wasn't ninety Yay. seconds. <laughs> Yay! We had a lot of owns. And we did it without Sam. the Raven. Visiting. You tried doing it with that many owns. I'm telling we did. Uh oh, Eric and Sam are getting into it. You tried doing it with one own, Sam. You tried doing it with one own. Bet you never did it with any of I will. You're yeah, not the well, father, Sam. I'd rather not do it with any than do it with Theon. <laughs> oh, Theon. Well, join these people. I bet you Tweet liked it. him tied up in that preview. <laughs> I didn't see the preview. I'm it's on Game HBO Go. <laughs> if you prefer no. these What's two to continue arguing, let us know on Twitter <laughs> at Game of Owns or on Facebook slash Game of Owns. I think you know the first part of that URL. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And if you do want to email us, you can do so at contact at Game of Owns. And that's for your longer format emails. And we do tend to read those on our mailbag episodes, which are up and coming. Also, just read them and speculate between the four of us. Indeed. Don't forget to visit winnerscoming.net. That's probably where you are listening to this episode. I'm looking forward to the Twitter breakdown. And we also had to record a little bit later tonight because Phil was still working on his breakdown. I could hear the keys <laughs> getting snapped through, but if you want to read that, I'm sure it can be linked up somewhere in the show notes. There's a recap all over the internet. It's Game of Thrones season. Everyone's excited. Tra-la-la. Visit it. We've also got HyPable.com, which is H-Y-P-A-B-L-E.com, where you can find lots of other stuff that isn't just Game of Thrones. We've got a variety of podcasts over there. Some that I'm on, some that I'm not on. It's like, and they it's suck like Bingo when she's with on. Selena. Exactly. I agree, I but not I like officially. Of course, they're all amazing. And um, <laughs> so go check those out and make up your own opinions. How about that? Mm-hmm. Don't let us fill your head with nonsense. Just try it on your own. You might like it. Mm-hmm. And of course, you can head on over to iTunes to download more of these episodes. And uh, while you're there, we appreciate you giving us a nice little rate and review. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Or perhaps you may find yourself locked up in a cell tower with Solis Baratheon and Lysa Aaron. <laughs> oh my to you goodness. After that is purely up to the imagination. But who even wants to think about something as terrible as that? I mean, It'll they're going to make you father their, their children. Yeah. 
Exactly. There's there's uh, there's a pretty good. You've mentioned it before, and I don't want to get into it. Maybe we'll save it for another episode. But there there's some correlated fucked upness between the two of them and their children. If there really are, is yes, you're right. Maybe Robert Aaron and Celise or Shireen are are the end game couple, guys. Yes. We've just oh, been God. reading that wrong. I like to see rule. them both They're collectively on the Iron Throne, nursing their own children. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Shireen is the pretty badass though. Jars. In a bizarre yes. twist of fate, Even Robert Aaron will be nursing his children. <laughs> oh, shit. In a jar. Well, just before we go, I noticed we got a new location on the map at the beginning of the episode, and I don't want to mispronounce anything, so I'm going to leave it up to Phil. Is it Yunkai? Yeah, I think Yunkai? so. I think that's how you pronounce it. That sounds good. Kind of sounds like ass high. Yunkai and ass <laughs> ass to poor. Damn, so many asses in the show. <laughs> I can tell you. This this episode was not asked to poor. It was asked to rich. It was indeed. <laughs> <laughs> asked to rich. That should yeah. be the title of this episode. And uh, also wanted to share with you a couple of those iTunes reviews that we received the last week or so. First one here from Lancer316 says, Great podcast people. Keep up the excellent work. Mm. Five-star review, of course. Uh, also another five-star review from UIC Nessa. Just says, love it. Short. To the point. Starting to the point. Like and it. final one you here. You got the subject. It's rad. It is rad. And uh, final one here from Lit Hill Woman or <laughs> Lithel Woman, depending on how you read that. Subject awesome says the best GOT podcast ever. I've listened to many GOT podcasts out there. When I listen to Goo, it's like sitting down with a group of friends. You know what? We are friends, little we woman. Are goo friends. If that's your real name. <laughs> we're great friends oh you forgot the one down down low man where it says love the podcast adore micah and his threats from bruja peruli oh he just didn't want to read that because he's bashful adore <laughs> micah oh i'm modest my i guess super modest also someone said that we were the arbor gold of podcasts on there somewhere Whoa. and we may have read read that one before but I thought Arbor Gold should get a shout out. It's Game of Owns. It's Monday. I guess that's better than it being is. the Arbor Mist of Monday. podcasts. It is officially Monday now. Well, it's been Monday for ages for me. Okay, guys, you come there with your Monday. <laughs> see, it's officially Monday. Is it's the, the sun Monday episode. Rising? Yeah, I, I see your Monday night, and I raise you. Uh, the sun is has now risen, and it's completely light outside. <laughs> wow. You will be listening to this hours away from us making this. Try your brains on that one real quick. Okay, we'll chomp on that. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Selena Wilkin. I'm Micah Tannenbaum. I'm Phil Bicking. I'm Zach Louie. That was Phil. He I ruined everything. Uh, uh, no, you did it right. <laughs> what do we do now? My name is Jamie. My, okay. na- my name is Jamie. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Call me Jamie. And cut. Cut.